Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello, you beautiful degenerates, and welcome to Links and Locks, the Action Network's golf betting podcast presented by Bet365. This is your best bets episode for the 2024 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the second signature event of the PGA Tour season. Alongside Andre Gonzalez, former PGA Tour professional, I'm Roberto Arguello. Dre, you finished 10th here in 2015 in this very golf tournament, so I'm excited to break it down with you. We'll get into our course preview before the 5th tee. But to start off, what is your first bet here on the first tee at Pebble Beach? Uh, I'm waiting for Bo Hostler to come out and and win a golf tournament. Bo has finished third and 11th in his last two starts on the PGA Tour, and I don't think that there's a better place to get your first win than Pebble Beach. So at 55-1, to one, I am going to sprinkle a little bit on Bo Hostler. All right. We'll see if the Texas Longhorn can come through here. And we know he's had tons of success in California, bursting onto the scene at the Olympic Club uh, way back when the U.S. Open was there in the early 2010s. For my first bet here on the second tee, I'm going to go with a long shot in Nick Taylor, who is 121 to win this golf tournament. You can find that out there. And I really like Nick Taylor because, yes, he's not super long off the tee, but this course minimizes the importance of driving distance off the tee. What you're really going to have to do is you're going to have to hit a bunch of great approach shots, and Nick Taylor can absolutely do that. He's strong through, everywhere throughout the bag outside of his driver, ranking the top 52 in strokes gained approach around the green and putting. And he's also great. got great course history, won this tournament by four strokes in 2020, and he's also got top 20 finishes in each of the last two years as well. Played really well at the Sony Open in Hawaii a couple weeks ago, which I think is the most comparable course among the ones they played on the PGA Tour this season to Pebble Beach. So I'm not going to put too much emphasis on his miscut at the American Express. Course rotation, easy pin positions the first couple of days uh, with the Pro-Am there, and it's going to help the Bombers. Uh, the Bombers were rewarded for their length off the tee there, which they're not going to be this year or this week. So for all those reasons... I'm not reading too much into that miscut, and I really like Nick Taylor's chances of excelling again this week. And you say, well, he won at Pebble Beach previously. It wasn't a signature event. Well, last year in a designated event at the WM Phoenix Open, he nearly won. He gained over four strokes per round uh, on the field. So I'm really high on Nick Taylor's upside, and I think that 
he could play really well this week. Uh, so with that being said, let's go to the third tee. Dre, what is your second bet for the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am? Uh, he's won twice on tour, JT Poston. I think he has a lot of upside, and one of the main reasons is that the guy can absolutely roll his rock. And when you get out here into what it looks like are going to be soft conditions, uh, on the Poana Greens, I think that he has the ability to just kind of keep moving along, plodding along, and, and rolls the ball very consistently. Uh, he has played very nicely in his last 12 events. He has eight top 11 finishes in his last 12 starts. He is currently at 55 to 1. And I think that these are two courses that you don't need to overpower. It, a lot of people are going to be in the field. Nobody is going to be <laughs> – uh, exactly on point the entire time because with the winds picking up this weekend and from what it looks like the weather is going to be nasty. It's going to be who can outgrind each other. I like JT at fifty-five to one, and we're going to have to touch him a little bit too. Yeah, I really like JT, and if this turns into a wedge and putting contest, I'd love to have him in in my uh, picks this week. So he's one of the guys that I just left off my card, but I've got room on my card. As you mentioned, there's going to be weather. Rain looking like at, at least three of the four days, possibly every day, and winds around 20 miles an hour most days. So I'm going to keep some room on my outright card so that I have a chance to maybe play the weather or uh, add some more bullets in tournament. And JT Poston is absolutely one of those guys that I'm looking for. But for my second pick here on the fourth tee, I'm going with the other JT, Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas has as much upside as basically anybody on the PGA Tour. I think that when Justin Thomas is in form, he might be the third best player on the PGA Tour behind Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. And we're getting him at 25 to 1 right now when he's been a top 5 machine going back to the fall. And if we're going to be playing in weather, I want somebody who can flight the ball and move it both directions. And Justin Thomas is that guy. I also think that on a course where you're going to be hitting a lot of wedge shots, uh, going to be a key proximity from 100 to 125 yards. And Justin Thomas can absolutely take advantage of those wet shots as well as anybody else on the PGA Tour. This guy's won a couple majors, big-time player. I know he can win in this kind of field. So give me Justin Thomas at 25-1. to 1. Dre, before we get to the fifth tee, new format this week for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We've got instead of a three-course rotation, you've got a two-course rotation where you'll be playing – either Pebble or Spyglass each of the first two days. And then there's a cut after two rounds and then, or sorry, no cut this week, no cut this week, 80 players in the field, no cut in this uh, small field event. And we'll play the final two rounds with no amateurs. Unlike in the past, uh, only on Pebble beach on Saturday and Sunday should be awesome. Uh, like I mentioned, you finished 10th in this tournament. What are the keys to succeeding on both Pebble beach and Spyglass this week? Spyglass, you have to get the ball in play. You got to be in short grass. There's, it's it's a fairly long course, so if you are playing out of the rough, you're just not going to be able to control the ball quite as well coming in. Um, I don't know if it's going to make quite as much of a difference as it has in the past with the moisture that's going to be on the ground. I think guys are going to be able to control their ball pretty well out of the rough, but it's also going to be very thick with moisture in that long grass. Now, again, the first couple of days are going to be a pro-am, so I, I'm unsure how long the rough is going to be. I haven't heard any actual stats coming out on that. but uh, I do. I think at Spyglass, it's two inches, and Pebble, it's two to three inches. Okay, so it's going to be longer than it has been in the past, and it's usually very playable. 
But I, I still don't think with these guys, they're going to have a whole lot of trouble getting out of it and coming out of the rough with soft greens. They should be able to control the ball. But Spyglass is substantially longer. I just think that that's one of the better courses on tour. And as far as the Monterey Peninsula, that's one of the best tests that there is there. So got to get the ball in play. Got to leave yourself below the hole. There's a lot of different false fronts and edges where you need to make sure that you're below. But at the same time, if you are too far below, it's going to be running off the green. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I think that this is one of the best places on the planet to play golf. I'm super excited to check this out. We normally don't get a ton of coverage at Spyglass with there being three courses in the rotation, but with just two, hopefully we get a lot more coverage um, because a lot of people don't know that much about Spyglass because we just haven't seen it. Um, wanted to add in that Pebble Beach's greens are an average of 3,500 square feet, which is the smallest on the PGA Tour. So I want players this week who are going to be able to fire at those small targets and who are who can excel on approach. And I also want, because they're super small greens, you're going to miss some of them, especially in the weather. So I want guys who are really good around the green. And I'll add that Justin Thomas last year, even though it was a quote unquote down year for him, he still finished fourth in strokes gained around the green. So I think he has a lot of different ways to succeed. And also last year, his putter was really cold. He's got some momentum building with his putter over the last few weeks. So I'm very excited about Justin Thomas. And if he doesn't win this week, I'm probably going to be betting him in the next signature event as well, um, unless the number changes significantly. But anyways, let's get back to the 15. Dre, what's your third pick for the 18T Pebble Beach Pro-Am? So going through and running down the list of players, this one jumped out at me because I'm just not sure why his odds were so long. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley's Mm -hmm. worked his way all the way back up to 15th in the world. And he's currently sitting at 70 to 1, which I think is incredible. He's already touched the winner's circle this year. He didn't get in there, but he lost in a playoff at the Sony, the second event of the year. And it, it's why he is at 70 to 1, I'm not sure. But they, they're pretty long odds for somebody that has a major under his belt and seven wins. And I just think that he's going to be someone that you are going to be able to look at and count on. Not only is he long enough to overpower a course like Spyglass, I think that he's been accurate enough and starting to putt well with that jailbird putter when he gets on the greens to where he can make and take advantage of his length at Pebble Beach and hit a lot of wedges in. So I think that he's going to make a lot of birdies this week. And at 70-1, to I think he is a very strong value bet. All right. Well, I think you're looking on my notes because I have Keegan Bradley as an outright on my six on the six T here as well. Um, I found him at eighty to one out there, so be sure to shop around. Um, Bet three six five has great odds, but you always, especially with these bigger odds, you got to look around because there might be a difference in the market. I'll echo all those sentiments. He's rolling the rock well with the putter. That's been a huge game changer for him since he went away from the uh, belly putter previously, and um, he's elite on approach. He won previously at the Zozo, which is a ball striker's paradise. He won last year at the Travelers at another shorter course where you're going to need to be elite with wedges. And I bet him outright at the Sony Open, was unable to cash that one in, unfortunately. But I think a lot, like we said with um, Nick Taylor, the Sony Open in Hawaii is the most similar tournament to this one, at least in what's going to be, what players are going to need to excel at in order to be successful. And the fact that he played really well then, and now he's eight to one in this field again, sign me up all day long. I love Keegan Bradley as someone who can play on approach with the best of them on the PGA tour. And if that putter gets hot, 
We'll see if the jailbird can break free. All right, let's head to the seventh hole. T, Dre, you're on the box. Steven Yeager coming off a solid finish, Ooh. top five finishes last week, and he's a guy that I'm waiting to break out. He's won six times on the Corn Ferry Tour. He shot 58 in his life. And he's one of these guys that has just recently started working with a sports psychologist and seemed very, very even keel all last week. He played most of the week with the lead and just kind of fell short on Sunday. But I think he's going to learn from it. And I'm a strong believer that players, when they are in a hot streak, tend to be in that for about two, three, maybe four weeks. And the the best players are the ones that figure out how to ride that on for months and years on end. Tiger has obviously uh, figured out how to do that. Uh, I believe he's (laughs) going to find the winner's circle this year. He's won so many times on different levels, and I think it's just a matter of time before he wins here. So until he does, 100 to 1, those are pretty good. And I think that somebody's going to hit big on him at some point this year. Yeah, one thing that really stands out to me about Steven Yeager is just how complete he is throughout the back. There's no weakness. And if you look at his data golf profile, you're going to see green everywhere. He gains strokes throughout the bag, around the green, putting on approach, off the tee. He mentioned, uh, was mentioned on the broadcast how he's worked on speed training, worked on his body, uh, worked on his mind, as you mentioned. Love Steven Yeager 100 to 1. I think that's a great value. Um, going to the 8th tee. I'm going to go with Emiliano Grillo to finish in the top 20 at plus 280. Grillo is a shorter hitter, so his lack of length off the tee is going to be neutralized by some of the forced layups on at least Pebble Beach. Um, Might be a little bit more of a challenge for him at Spyglass, but he can throw darts with the best of them on approach. So if we get him just into a wedge contest with these other guys. I think he's got a chance. I don't know that he can win this golf tournament in such an elite field. Might need some help from the weather slash the course rotation. But I think for top 20 at plus 280, I think there's good value for a guy who can get sizzling hot on approach. And he was in the top 10 in strokes gained approach last week at Torrey Pines. Played well there. So I think that if he can play well there, and of course that really doesn't fit his game, this week on a course that does fit his game, there's some value in the top 20 market. So I like that for Emiliano Grillo. Let's head to the ninth tee. Dre, who you got? I like Brandon Wu. Brandon Wu is a Stanford grad and one of your boys there, alma mater. And I think that after coming off a second place finish last year, he's kind of itching to get back to this location. And he's a guy that maybe not a lot of people know. Great ball striker. He can really get it hot with a putter. Um, but he's a very long shot at 200 to one to win this thing. But what I like uh, the most and what I think is most realistic, I I am kind of on the same side as you. I don't know if he can win this tournament. I think that anybody in this field can, but it's will Mm -hmm. they and, and like, how comfortable do you feel out there? But where I really like him is at 14 to one to finish on the top 10. I think that he is a, a strong player and, with the little taste that he got last year of success, I think that he's going to come in here with a little bit of confidence, and he's played here a bit. So I, I would expect to see him finish high in the field. Yeah, you mentioned he's played here a bit, and a lot of guys haven't played at this tournament because they've been at the Saudi International or they've just been taking a week off historically throughout this period on the PGA Tour. But he's played this event in three of the last four years. He also played in the 2019 U.S. Open, And he finished in a tie for 35th 
because he made the cut that week, he actually missed our graduation at Stanford. So he got his diploma handed to him after he finished the 72nd hole. And like I said, T35 then in an elite field, T2 last year here. He knows the course as well. He can roll on, He can roll it on these uh, Poana greens. I know he always does really well uh, when we go to some more coastal courses and some of the uh, slower greens as well uh, down in Mexico area. So I think a lot of that makes sense, and he's really strong with his wedges. So for all those reasons, I think Brandon Wu is a great pick here. Uh, let's make the turn, and we'll head to the 10th tee. I'm going to go with a matchup. I've got two of them today. My first one is a plus money matchup where I'm getting plus 110 on Jordan Spieth over, over Colin Morikawa. I hardly ever bet against Colin Morikawa, but if I do, it's because there's going to be some weather involved. He hits this perfect little baby cut fade all the time, and when you've got a fastball that goes 105 miles an hour, sometimes you don't need to throw many other pitches, and Colin Morikawa is that to a T. But sometimes he can get blown off the golf course with that uh, with that little fade, and as a result, I think that Jordan Spieth is somebody where if the weather gets wild this weekend – he can make pars from anywhere, and heck, he can make birdies from anywhere off of uh, the tee as well. I love his short game. I love that he plays this tournament every year, and Colin Morikawa hasn't. He never plays this event. I think that says something about how much Jordan Spieth likes the setup here and at Spy uh, here at Pebble and Spyglass Hill. And Jordan Spieth also coming off of a strong finish at the Century as well. So I like Jordan Spieth at plus money over Colin Morikawa. You might remember we bet I bet Colin Morikawa at the Zozo. This past uh, this past fall, I love the Zozo, by the way. But uh, even though he won the tournament, the second day at the Zozo, there were 30, 40 mile an hour wins, and he shot like six over. And people thought he might have been out of contention, but then there was no win over the weekend, and he went low and he won. But the wind, whenever Colin Morikawa is involved, is something to watch out for. Let's move to the 11th tee. Dre, who you got? I just want to add on to the tail end of that. I think the only thing we have to worry about there is whether or not Michael Greller lets him hang a foot off the edge of a cliff. I mean, <laughs> that was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Uh, but that was ridiculous. Yeah, to jump to my next bet, uh, I like Tommy Fleetwood. The Englishman has been on tour now, has not found the winner's circle, but been on tour for 127 events. He has 22 top fives. This guy coming into Pebble, this should set up well for him. I love the way he strikes the ball. I think that he controls his trajectory as well as anybody. And with the winds picking up, he's going to be somebody that I think you're going to slowly see creep towards the top of the leaderboard. He's at plus 700 to finish in the top five. And wouldn't Pebble Beach be a romantic way for this world number 11 to find his way into the winner's circle here on the PGA Tour for his first win? Hey, if we can get four straight 100 to 1 or longer winners on the PGA Tour, why can't Tommy Fleetwood get his first win in the signature event? Uh, somebody who thrives when conditions are tough, and I think he could be someone to watch out for this weekend, no doubt about it. Let's head to the 12th tee, where I'm going to go with Sepp Straka, plus 240 for a top 20. Straka can go low. He was on 59 watch last year at the John Deere Classic, which he ended up winning. Uh, didn't shoot a 59. But he can go low. He finished tied for second at the Open as well. So we know in big-time fields, he can bring it as well. And if we're throwing darts, he's somebody who can throw darts with the best of them uh, on these small greens. Strong with the putter, strong on approach. He's not super long off the tee, but he's super accurate. And I think that's going to play this week at two of the shorter golf courses on the PGA Tour. So give me Sepp Straka, plus 
40 for top 20. And this might be a little bit conservative. You can also bet them for top 10, top 5. I like those as well. Dre, let's head to the 13th tee. Who you got? Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard. He is um, playing some fantastic golf. 50 to 1 to win. But I like his plus 850 to finish in the top five. He's been playing great golf, and in his last five starts worldwide, he won the DP World Championship. He had two runners-up, and he had another top ten. The guy is playing some phenomenal golf. I'm not sure what the odds makers are seeing right now with him at 50-1. to Maybe they think that he's a little bit tired coming off a, a loss last week, but second place is still pretty good at Torrey Pines, and he's another guy that he's a Dane. I think that you get him in some bad weather and he's going to step right up there and not think anything about it. So at 50 to one uh, to win for Nikolai Hoygaard, but I really like him at plus 850 to finish in the top five. I think that's a great bet. I might have to tail that one myself. Um, I'm super optimistic on Hoygaard's future. He he and Aubert could be two of the European two. He could be, they, they're probably the two best young European players. I'm going to say, Hovland's too old to be in that young, young category. And they're going to be around for a long time, and they both got some big-time game. I think they could be in the conversation for major championships this year. How old but are I'm we not talking? Hovland's, what, 26? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. Like right. It. I like that. But those two guys are insane. And even though Aubert is the one who's just gotten on the tour – He's two years older than Hoygaard, who's been on the DP World Tour for years. He's got wins years ago. So don't sleep on Hoygaard, especially in, relative to Aubert. I know a lot of people think Aubert is a lot better than him. They're in the same class for me. Um, heading, Let's head to the 14th tee where I've got a matchup. And here is the natural transition. I said all these great things about Hoygaard and Aubert. And I'm fading Aubert because I'm backing Justin Thomas at minus 110 over him in a full tournament matchup I, I love Aubert I think he's great but he's not in Justin Thomas's class right now like I said I think Justin Thomas might be he has the third highest upside in this field I think he might be when we look back at this six months later people say wow Justin Thomas was one of the best players on the PGA Tour this year but he was priced as the 10th best player right now and Aubert is really solid and he and Hoygaard are coming off of courses that are perfectly fit for their game as Aubert is one of the best drivers of the golf ball already on the PGA tour, super long. And that plays at Torrey Pines, but that lack of distance isn't going to be, uh, an and that driving distance advantage is going to be minimized this week. And Justin Thomas has more shots in his bag. Give me him all day long at minus minus one ten. I think this one might be my best bet of the week. So I love JT. And like I said, if things get squirrely, he's fourth in strokes gained around the green. And Ludwig Obert had some touchy misses around the hole last week. I know that the POA is always a challenge, but I like JT's potting stroke a lot better than Obert's right now. And I like his short game a lot better. And I like his wedge game a lot better. So as a result, give me JT. Sounds like you just like him better all the way around right now. All over. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't an Obear problem. It was more of I love JT, and I think it's a nice spot to sell high on Obear after playing on a course that's absolutely perfect for him. I think Hoygaard and Obear have to play at, at Torrey Pines every year because that's a bomber's paradise, and those guys have big time game. All right, I like. Let's that. head to the fifteenth tee. Dre, who you got? 
I've got Nick Dunlap. I know that this is going to be his professional debut, but like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think that when players are hot, players are hot. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, But we're going to see. I just think this is kind of a Cinderella story with this guy, the way that he has come off winning the U.S. Junior, the U.S. Amateur, the Walker Cup coming out and playing in a, on a sponsor exemption at the American Express. And I think we all knew that he had every physical trait that you could need in the only to, to win a golf tournament. The only thing that we really needed to see was if he had the mental capacity to be able to handle it all and the pressure. And the kid did not flinch. He's at 90 to 1. Um, I, I don't see him winning back to back just because that would be absolutely insane. But I like <laughs> plus eighteen hundred for a top five finish, and you can also get him at plus seven hundred for a top ten. I like his ability to stay consistent. It looks like he doesn't really falter that much in his mental game. Just watching him, I mean, you never know what is underneath the surface. He may be nervous as can be, but he sure didn't show it, and that's somebody that I want to have on my team if I ever see him go through there. So plus 1,800 for a top five and plus 700 for a top ten. I like Nick Dunlap. And in case you didn't tune into our PJ Tour live coverage of the American Express, Dre, you were on the course, courses there at the Amex, so you were there firsthand to see all of it. Big-time performance for him, especially on such – a challenging Pete Dye finish on those 16, 17, 18 holes at PGA West Stadium. So really impressive. If you're coming away impressed from seeing him in person that week, which I think everybody is uh, with him winning, I'm excited to see how he does this week against the big, big boys on the PGA Tour in a signature event. I'll take uh, the reins here on the 16th tee. Got a couple more long shots uh, in the outright market. My first one is Cameron Davis, 100 to 1. Weakness for Cam Davis's game is his lack of driving accuracy off the tee. It's not horrible, but I love targeting him on these club down courses. Did it a couple weeks ago at the Sony Open. I believe he had a tie. He was either in the first round lead or one stroke off of it. And then he kind of fizzled through the rest of the tournament. But he's got upside. He's someone who, like I said, I like on the club down tournaments. I like on the club down courses because he can set up his strong approach play. And I think he's got a lot more upside than a lot of people realize. Played really well at the PGA uh, last year and had it. And the only three players I think that beat him were Hovland and uh, Kepka and Scheffler. So he can play at the big time courses when there's rain and all the elements. I like targeting an Australian because the Australian and uh, because the Australians have great short game, all of them. Uh, I like his chances this week, and at hundred at a hundred to one, I think it's great value for someone who's got bigger game. I think he should be, um, he could eventually be a guy whom you find in the forty to fifty to one range, if he plays well throughout the season. But right now, I think he should be priced closer to seventy five to one this week. So I'll take him all day long at a hundred to one. Dre, you got one more pick for me here on the seventeenth hole. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go to the top three players. There is a parlay right now for all three players and McElroy, Scheffler, and Hovland finishing in the top 10. I like the chances of that. And only an 80-man field, and that's at plus 900. Parlays are always a little bit of a stretch, but over the last eight months, I think these three players have set themselves apart as being the best three players in the, ro- in the world. 
McRoy's coming off of a second place and a win in Dubai on the DP World Tour. Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the world. I don't know how you can bet against him. In 23 events last year, he recorded 17 top 10s. That's just insane to me, the <laughs> consistency of how he's playing. And then you have Hovland. He's the reigning FedEx Cup champion with three wins last season. Finished strong at the end of the year, and I think he's ready to go this season. So I like the parlay at plus 900 of McElroy, Scheffler, and Hovland, all finishing in the top 10 this week. Yeah, I don't know how you argue against any of those three guys. One thing that stood out to me about Scheffler, last 15 tournaments he's played in with data, he's gained strokes around the green, on approach, and off the tee. It's just consistency everywhere except with the putter. But he doesn't even need the putter to finish in the top 10 every week. It's it's absurd. All right, last hole, 18th hole. I got one less outright. Give me, at 80-1 to 1 out there, Hideki Matsuyama. He's 11th in strokes gained approach last week. First in strokes gained around the green, and we know that he can stripe it. He's been elite on approach and around the green for just about forever, it seems like. He, I think, can take advantage of the tiny greens this week at Pebble Beach. I know he can flight the ball as well. So give me Hideki Matsuyama at 80-1. to As a guy who we know can win in big-time fields, won the Masters a couple years ago, He's somebody who shouldn't be 80 to 1, just plain and simple. I know that he doesn't have the firepower uh, like a guy like Aubert and Hoygaard last, but he still played well last week at Torrey Pines. So this week, where distance isn't an issue, and not that he's short, he's just not super, super long. This week, I think the course fits him a lot better. And I think that he's got a chance to win. And at 80 to 1, he's somebody who has upside, whom I can add to my card while still saving some room for some outright bullets live in the tournament also want to give a reminder that the links and locks podcast is presented by bet 365 bet 365 doesn't do ordinary that's why you get more boost with them than anyone else every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more bet 365 boosts specific markets your winnings and even parlays and they don't stop there keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible super boost check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at bet 365 must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. All right, Dre, that's our 18 holes. Where can the people find you and your content over the next few weeks? Uh, I will be on course for PGA Tour Live next week during the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You can find me on Twitter at Andres Gonzalez underscore Gonzalez or on Instagram at Andres Gonzalez Golf. Love to hear from any of you. I hope you enjoyed the picks. Awesome. Hype to hear you in Phoenix next week. That'll be an awesome tournament as it is every year. You can find me on Twitter at RobertoA213. Got content coming for you later as well on the other Links and Locks podcast as we are filling in for Jason and Ben who are traveling and by the way, if anybody ever gets a chance to go to Pell Beach, absolutely do it, whether to play golf or just to watch and check out the views. The views are second to none. And you can check out the other Links and Locks tournament preview podcast. I'll be on with Spencer Aguiar. That'll drop a couple hours after this one, uh, either on Tuesday night or early on Wednesday morning. So thanks again for tuning in to the Links and Locks best bets for the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am. And here's to you hitting the green this week. 
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.